Jesus and half can Oh God! Daddy, stay on your bike! Dude, burning and you don't want to turn around anymore and you know if somebody now attacks you're going to be like blown out of the water but you just go no i just keep going just keep going tied on the inside it's this solo on the barriers oh what about that now then everybody i am tom ramsey and welcome to the edge coaching podcast this podcast will provide a clear insight into the world of athletic performance and help provide a clear, relatable understanding into subject areas revolving training, nutrition, stress, psychology, and much, much more. Without further ado, let's begin. Good morning, hello, and welcome to the Edge Coaching Podcast. Today's episode, we are talking to one of my coached clients, Amira Mella. Amira is a elite cyclocross racer who races both nationally and internationally over the UK, UK and Europe. Um, I've only been coaching her for maybe five, six months, um, but over that time, she's really, really developed her fitness and couldn't become much, much stronger. Um, over the past few years, Amira has been working her way up through the ranks and uh, has become a very, very um, well-renowned cyclocross racer um, on the local scene, and she's trying to bridge that gap into the pro scene um, and uh, and become one of the top dogs in women's cyclocross racing. Um, hopefully, give this gives you a good insight into her life and what it takes to become an elite cyclocross racer. And also a bit of an insight into cyclocross racing in general and any hints and tips along the way. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, Amira, and welcome to the podcast. Hi. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm in a big trading box, a bit tired, but... Yeah, we were just saying, weren't we, like, um, before we pressed record, how... how um, are you feeling a bit of fatigue recently? I'm actually just looking through your your training block at the minute, and uh, we're really ramping things up, aren't we? At the minute. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a big block and just trying to get through them good sessions and yeah, yeah, for them easier days to come. But yeah. yeah, there's a lot of races coming up, so this is kind of when I need to do them big training blocks. Yeah, it's all. Um, I guess right now, from my from a coach's perspective, it's all. Um, a bit of a balance really I mean obviously some of your target races quote-unquote target races are definitely later on in the cross season um, yeah. and we'll talk a little bit about your target races to come um, but right now yeah there's some kind of there's some other kind of smaller key races um, coming up you did the Knotts and Derby last Saturday which you won which was a fantastic yeah. result and we're kind of we're in that process right now where you're not necessarily fully fresh going into these races because we're still using it as a, a training block. Um, yeah. And, um, but kind of, yeah, you still want the result at the end of the day, you know, you, you still want to come away with them with the medals. Yeah. So, um, but, but in terms of, from your perspective, I can understand how much fatigue you're going through right now. So, <laughs> um, so first of all, um, I mean, I'm assuming like say, most of my viewers uh, for this podcast or listeners to this podcast will know who you are or will have heard your name before. But yeah. for, for those who don't know, um, who is Amira Mella? 
Um, and Mayor Mella is, <laughs> I'm 23, I'm currently living in Leeds, I'm uni student, um, yeah, and I'm doing a lot of cycling at the moment, I did, yeah, I mainly do cycling cross, but I did some road and just trying to see where I can get to really, see how good I can get, see what it can lead me to, um, yeah, I live with my boyfriend, we own a dog now, which is exciting, quite normal. Yeah normal people stuff which is quite nice to balance out the cycling side of our lives mm-hmm. yeah just young trying to do what i can really <laughs> yeah absolutely the um i mean you're being quite modest there like um and what you haven't touched on at all which i can understand why you might not is is the successes that you've had over the over the past few years so um uh, so you, you're 23 now did you say Mary yes yeah so um if we go back um let's talk about like more specifically cycling related stuff then so yeah. um what would you say are your kind of top successes in in cycling um in the past few years um I'd probably say when I've represented GB so I've done a couple of Europeans, two worlds, um, and then a handful of world, like quite a lot of World Cups now. Mm. And yeah, I think for me that was always like a bit of a dream when I was little to ride a World Cup. Mm. I rode um, one of the biggest things I'm probably proud of is riding Milton Keynes World Cup. That was amazing. That was that was kind of a bit of an ambitious plan, but I just decided to go for it, and it all worked out well. And then um, race wins, I guess I've won junior nationals. I won the national series one year. Wow. And then just a handful of national races and won some races in Slovakia last year, which was good. There were good, good races to go do. And yeah, I guess I've been, done a lot of different type of racing and not always been smooth. I've not always won races. Like there's been seasons where I've not won, but yeah think we all race for them race wednesday wins mm. i've got some nice wins over the years which is always nice feels good yeah yeah no it's um it's been great i mean obviously so again for those who don't know um i currently coach amira um and i have been for a few months now um in, yeah. mainly in preparation for this uh cross season that's just started but we've also been yeah. kind of running it through some some of the road season as well um and we'll talk a little bit about your prep but before we do um again for those who don't know um we best give a bit of an insight into what cyclocross is because yeah again i'd assume that most people know on the podcast but um there'll be some people who maybe road racers and they've maybe heard of cyclocross before but they they don't know much about it um so I mean, I mean, I'll give a, a brief intro, I guess, and you can chap in when you'd like to. Um, I actually, funnily enough, I decided to Google what cyclocross is to see what the kind of blanket definition and what Google gave. And it gave me a bit of a laugh, actually. So uh, Google says that cyclocross is a form of bicycle racing. Uh, races typically take place in the autumn and winter and consist of many laps of a short course featuring pavement wood 
wooded trails, grass, steep hills, and obstacles required requiring the rider to quickly dismount, carry the bike while navigating the obstruction and remount. Mm-hmm. And I, it's funny because if ever, I don't know about you, but if ever I yeah. tell friends or family who aren't in the know that I do cyclocross, the first yeah. thing that I always get is, Oh, is that the one where you have to jump off and carry a bike? And uh, yeah, and you're like, yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah. that one? But um, there's so much more to it, isn't there? Um, yeah, and I think I always um, say it's sorry. I always say it's like a cross country running race on a bike. Exactly that. Yeah, what cross country running is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's um, I I mean to be honest, like from the inside looking out, often the the getting. I mean, I think it varies course to course, but for some courses, the getting off and running part is such a small part of the race, isn't yeah. it? Like you, you're hardly off yeah. your bike at all. I know some yeah. of the some of the national rounds, for example, some of the racing over here, um, some of the Yorkshire series stuff. You know, you, you I mean, I've done cross races in the past where you've not actually have to get off your bike at all because yeah, I didn't maybe... get off at the race last week yeah exactly there's, there's nothing no yeah. um and even if there is barriers sometimes they're hoppable or whatever it might be yeah. um but then yeah equally you go to some of the european races um some of the sandy races and yeah. you might be you might be running for more than half the lap sometimes yeah. and, and if it's a muddy yeah. race you know 60 70 percent of the lap you're running um yeah. so i guess as a rider you've got to be very adaptable haven't you 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 know you've you've got to have a a good set of running legs on you but um but equally be able to to ride a bike um i mean my best kind of experience or the best way i would explain it is just by definition how intense it is um yeah you know I, i think with road racing or crit racing there's always a point where you know you're off the gas there's always a point where you're um you know you're recovering a little bit ready for the next move but yeah with cross the sprint is at the start isn't it you know you're basically in the red after like 30 seconds (laughs) exactly that yeah you go off so hard um yeah absolute sprinting like and when I say sprinting I I mean not holding nothing back you know you're going maximum for at least the first minute I would say um yeah and then you know it kind of never really settles down everyone's on the limit and from a data perspective, like, and I'm sure you're the same, Amir. I know you're the same. Like, if we do, if we do some maximal intervals on the turbo trainer, let's say we're doing some three minute maximal efforts, um, yeah. you know, I might be able to get my heart rate up to say 180 beats per minute, but that's the kind of heart rate that I'm averaging for a, a full full cyclocross race. Um, yeah, just from the intermittent nature of the nature of the the racing um yeah. why did you choose cyclocross mirror like um, to to kind of target i guess why is it your preferred discipline i think the first ever cross race i did i was on a, a hybrid bike because i did try and for try at that stage all the bikes from all the cycle parts from grass so I decided to go and do one to practice right now on grass, basically. Mm. And yeah, I guess as I got older, it's just the one I enjoyed the most. I find it the most interesting. I like the fact that it was, you weren't holding back. Like sometimes I get a little bit bored in road races, kind of like waiting for someone to do something rather than in cross. You don't really think about how hard you're going or like 
kind of what you're saving for the end of the race you're just kind of focusing on that section or yeah that lap which I think for me is what I like I like suffering for 45 minutes and then knowing it's done yeah then yeah some of the other disciplines it's it's kind of determined by other people more and I kind of want to yeah I guess I like to take control of when I'm suffering and yeah I just I also find it the funnest I think the first time I ever went to Belgium I was just like this is amazing like these people think we're like celebrities <laughs> and I think that always kind of brought me back to cross like through my career I guess yeah no definitely I think yeah, I guess um, it was also the one I was best at which always helps yeah absolutely I best at, but maybe that was because I was enjoying it the most so, yeah. yeah I think um for, I mean I think your mentality towards it is very similar to mine in that um I don't know about you but sometimes in personally like in sometimes in like long road races I sent I tend to get a little bit bored now and again like yeah, I, 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 te- <laughs> I tend to like my mind switches off and yeah obviously that that becomes a massive issue because as soon as your mind switches off that's often when the move goes and then you yeah you might miss that move and so on whereas yeah I've done that cycle, before. <laughs> so, yeah definitely we all have and where a cycle course you you know that you've got to be every single decision you make in a cross race could be the difference between, you know, doing a, a four minute lap and doing a four and a half minute lap, you know, yeah. and you yeah. make one silly mistake and you've cost yourself a race and you've yeah. got to be constantly on it. But equally it's finding, it's finding that balance between, you know, going hard enough and pressing the pedals hard enough, but equally yeah. um, using your skill to manipulate the course best you can and, and save energy when you can and so on. Yeah. Um, I mean, funnily enough, I actually raced a cross race last night. Um, for those who don't know it, the Viva La Cross race in in Hull. Um, and uh, and it brought me back. Like, that was the first cross race I've done in, in a, like, a year, two years. Yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, crikey, it's, like, I can't explain how significant every single part of a cross race is. Yeah. <laughs> I made one like I mean I was essentially battling for the whole shot and then we came into this right hander and it's a bit like greasy on the grass and my front end like slightly slipped away so I dabbed my foot but it was just before like a big little kicker so I lost all the momentum at that kicker and I went from I went from like essentially battling for first place to fifth or sixth place in the matter of seconds um yeah is that your dog playing up in the background, Amira? Yeah, sorry. I um, I shut him out and then he was pouring at the door and he was looking at me, so I felt guilty. <laughs> He's back in now. <laughs> okay, so we've got, um, we might as well touch that subject. So Amira, you've just, you've just got yourself a dog out here. Yes, we've just got a little puppy. Was it, um, so that's, uh, oh, crikey, what's he called? What the, not the name of the dog. Oh, it's the, a collie. A border collie, collie, that's it. Border yeah. collie, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, there's there's been many cute pictures I've seen, and I know, <laughs> and I know we've promised to go on ride together soon with both of our yes. dogs, haven't we? So we'll make sure that's Dukes. there. Yeah, <laughs> he's um, in Duke's in training to um, ride next to a bike. He's getting oh, yeah. he's pretty good. Um, I well, he watched me on the turbo, and he was watching my foot go around, and then he got too close, so I kicked it <laughs> painfully, not in a mean way, just in like. Yeah. My foot was going round basically. Yeah. Um, and you know, scratching his face. He was like crying. Yeah. 
but ever since he's been much better because he knows now that the pedal will hurt. <laughs> he's learned from it, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, have you been, been out? Training. Have you been out in the on the trail with him at all yet? No. No, we just kind of like so when we were at my race last week. We, um, I was riding and I rode into the the park and I just mm. had him feed a little bit. Yeah. yeah, still needs to grow a little bit before we can take him too far. He's yeah. not taking that far at the moment. So we'll yeah, be <laughs> I think that for me the transition, like I think the next step for you might be to go for a couple of runs with him. Um, yeah, because yeah. uh, that just kind of gets the kind of process of running next to you and keeping a yes. similar kind of pace. Yeah. And then um, for me, to be fair, my dog's called Duke as well, as you know, and and uh, the transition for me from running with him to biking with him was quite seamless. It very it seemed very easy, to be fair. Okay. And, and now, we're, now we're at a stage where if I do like a lap of Dolby, for example, um, yeah, he knows that like on the descents, I can go faster than him. So he'll kind of yeah. pull to the side on the trail, let me pass. That's insane. Yeah. And, then, and then on the uphills, um, he knows that he's faster than me generally. So he'll just kind yeah. of um, go along and, and literally just follow the trail. And uh, yeah. I think, although my dog um, gets distracted by rabbits and such, like when when we're following a trail, he um, he kind of knows that if he goes off the trail, he'll soon get lost because I'll... I'll be off in no time kind of thing. So I think he just... Okay, that's good. Does it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, that is the dream. I like the Dolby with Duke. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so you picked cyclocross um, because it was kind of the the hardest it sounds like and and but also yeah. the but also the one that you kind of adapted to best but I, yeah. I'm also mindful um uh, that you do race road as well you race crits yeah. and you also dabble in a bit of mountain biking as well tell me about that yeah I um uh, I, I think I kind of started with mountain biking really but I didn't I was always doing cross but then kind of got quite good at mountain biking took that seriously for a couple of years I was on the program for a little bit um I just found it quite lonely in a way like I just ended up doing loads of races on my own and I don't know I guess I found it quite hard to keep pushing when there was no one in sight mm. yeah I guess I found it boring like road racing um but I do really like mountain biking it's it's exciting I like testing myself in the descents mm. uh, I'd like to do a bit more of that in the future and then the road my team are really keen on doing some road races this year which was good and um we targeted some which worked out really well and yeah I think that was the first time I've ever targeted like a national road race and actually I could I was actually like oh I actually can do roads it's not just something I always dread or like try and pour mm. it's really nice to feel like I can actually do something and then yeah I've always done crits I think crits are kind of the same suffering as cross it's kind of the same length it's kind of unexpected and everyone's basically just going going as hard as they can which is the type of cycling I like so yeah, yeah definitely kind of local for me so I've always kind of done them over the years so yeah I, I guess I am a cross rider but I do like doing other stuff still and I'm a big believer in that you can do multiple discipline disciplines and that you should as long as you can really mm. yeah so yeah it kind of keeps it interesting as well like do different stuff over summer and then yeah like I guess in August you kind of focus back on cross but mm. I think that's that's one of the hard parts of being a cross rider sometimes because i feel like all of the cross riders that i coach you included never have really an off season you know and we have yeah. we have 
peaks and troughs in the season, obviously. And, uh, you know, your off season is essentially the, the, the summer, but, but yeah. then equally, you know, you, you start getting itchy feet because you see all your road teammates doing yeah, great races yeah, yeah. and you're like, Oh, I fancy doing that. And you, you you're know always that like, Oh, I could have come there. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like you said, I mean, the problem with road racing sometimes, um, as someone who is one of the strongest riders is that that doesn't necessarily translate into a fantastic result, you know? And, no, yeah. and I know full well that you've gone to some crits and some road races being, you know, on paper, what would be one of the top riders, but yeah, not necessarily delivering the result that you deserve yeah. um, due to, due to many different factors, but, and, and yeah. I guess some of it is racing experience. Some of it is, your team backing some of it is all sorts yeah. but, um and I, and i guess that's what like you touched on is what's great about cross because naturally the the strongest rider and all obviously the most technically savvy as well will will be the one that comes out on top yeah. um we just touched on it there what what team do you ride for this year then amira um this year i ride for a team called spectre um we're on fighters bikes and we're also supported by wiggle which is yeah, it's really good. It's the first time in a couple of years I've ridden for a team and probably one of the first times ever I've had like proper teammates, which is really nice. So yeah, it's, it's been really good so far this year. I've had a lot of support and everyone kind of keeps each other really positive, which is nice. So yeah, I'm looking forward to crossing them. We've got a really decent cross team, both men's and women, uh, yeah, women's side, which is really exciting for, yeah, the season coming up. I think, um, yeah, because like if we look at, if we look at your kind of previous teams um, yeah. from the outside looking in again, like, I mean, it seems as though you haven't had a proper kind of cross team where you, like you say, where you've got many teammates to, yeah. to help you out and, um, and kind of bounce back on and feedback on, you know, if we yeah. go back to previous teams, I've, Again, I've been on the on the um, idea that you've kind of been that solo rider, turning up to elite yeah. elite um, races on your own kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I think that you know that team camaraderie and that that kind of support will will really help you. Um, so if we go back then, um, prior to Spectre, uh, what yeah. what other teams do you race for the past few years? Um, last year I rode for a local bike shop, which was great. They were super supportive. Um, but it was, I think for me trying to make the next step, it was the right decision to move away from them. But yeah, they were great. That was called Albion. And then before that, I raced, for, I think Paul Milnes. I think it was, I took a gear out. Um, but before that, it was Paul Milnes. I rode for them for quite a few years. They were great. We had a really good setup there. Um, at the time, we actually had Tom Pickock on the team, which was Really exciting watching him kind of switch to cross. Um, and then before that, again, I rode for Helen Wyman for about 18 months on a kind of a Kona development team, I would call it. Um, I think that, that's probably when a lot of people started to notice you as a, yeah, as a rider. Would yeah, you I say. did a big block in America with them. Mm. I um, saw a lot of yeah. them. I saw a lot of training videos and, and whatnot when you were when you were over there. Um, yeah. Looked quite an intense period. How, how was that experience? Um, yeah, it was great. I, I learned a lot. Like, it was intense. It was kind of 
I think I was only 18 at the time and I'd just come out of college. I decided I wanted to go full time. And I think looking back, I took a massive step from an 18 year old girl to move abroad, live with people at the time I didn't really know. Um, basically moved completely away from racing in the UK. I was doing all these massive races. It was amazing. I learned so much and Helen was so good to me. Um, but it was too big of a step, I would say, for me. Like after that, I took a year out. I was just, I didn't even want to ride my bike anymore because I think I just did too much in one year. Um, but yeah, I don't regret anything. And I think if someone asked me now if I'd do it, I probably still would. But I think because I'm mature, I can... Yeah, kind of think for myself a little bit more. I think as an 18-year-old, I was just kind of like letting everyone make decisions for me. But now I'm a bit more like, no, yes, it is a career, I guess. But at the same time, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And yeah, so quite mixed feelings, I guess, <laughs> Yeah. about the whole experience, which is kind of why I moved back to Paul Mills and wanted a bit more, I guess, comfort in a way. Like Paul Mills was a bit... Yeah, it was just comfort for me going back to people I knew and the races I wanted to do, I guess. But yeah. How did like I must I'm curious, how did the Helen Wyman kind of whole thing come about? Um so did, did, like did you apply for anything or did she approach no, you or she approached me? Wow. Uh, so I joined the what her husband Steph's Roti Matrix. And then um, from that, they wanted me to ride across with her. And then it developed into this, like, more independent team than Matrix. Like, the Matrix, that makes sense. So, like, they developed the whole cross team around me, basically. Well, not around me, but around Helen. And then I was, like, the development rider. I see. Yeah. I mean, if I look back to what myself and a lot of 18 year old kids are doing in at that age compared to what you were doing you know I can I can understand why that would be quite a not like I mean I don't use the term scary but you know it's it's um you know it's a daunting experience isn't it It going over there when when you don't necessarily know too many people around you like you say and and I can fully understand why going to Paul Milnes you know I know you know a lot of that crowd and um the races that they do are predictable and um uh so yeah i can i can understand why that transition was quite comforting for sure um so how um i I guess talking about that then because there's been a few questions come through on my instagram um which want to delve into a little bit more then and this kind of feeds on from what we just said um one of the questions that came through was um asking for a bit of advice to female youth riders that you wish you'd been given before um and yeah. i think that's quite a good question so um obviously if you look back to when you were a youth rider and uh you know coming up through the ranks um specifically in cyclocross but also as a you know just a female cyclist in general um yeah. is there anything that you kind of not necessarily regret but could have done better would you think in your in your youth ride um i think as a youth, that's quite young, isn't it? That's like under 16. Um, I think I was definitely told that I could only do one discipline after youth. So I was on the programme for mountain biking. 
And yeah, I think they definitely told us that to pick. And I just believed them as you would a 16 year old girl. Um, I think I definitely shut myself off for like road for a couple of years, which, yeah, I don't really believe that. I feel like there's so many good athletes now that have proven that you can do multidiscipline. And yeah. No, no, it's quite a hard question. I guess when I was 16, I I, I completely what like what you're saying <laughs> what, what you're saying there. Um, you know, if we look at the likes of Tom Pidcock, we look at the likes of uh Vanderpool, you know, the these yeah. riders who are absolutely at the top of their game um in three potentially four different disciplines. Yeah. Um and within those disciplines, they are also targeting different lengths of disciplines as well. I mean, Vanderpool, for example, you know, he's he's doing Tour de France for for goodness sake, like, you know, and then yeah, and then the week after he's going and doing a, a um, you know, a mountain bike, um, top at top of the kind of ranks mountain bike racing. So um, like you say, the the truth of it is, from a coach's perspective, a very good rider is a very good rider. And if they're fairly adaptable to to different disciplines one yeah. dis- one discipline can often um help the other discipline and yeah. um it's something that i did when i was kind of coming up through the ranks a little bit like i was racing cross i was racing mountain bike and i was racing road and what my cross kind of skills and um ability and power profile really really helped my crits because yeah you need that bike bike handling skills you need to be able to get up out the out the saddle and and smash the pedals hard and so on yeah um, but then also you know the other way around my crit racing helped my cross racing because mm. some of the cross races where you know there might it might be fast and dry for example and you need to do a little bit through and off with with a group to to, to bridge or whatever it might be then that obviously comes hand in hand um the endurance that you get from a road race goes hand in hand with yeah. mountain bike cross country racing. Um, yeah. And it's all kind of transferable skills, transferable fitness. Um, and, you know, we had this conversation a few weeks ago, Amira, like, you know, how we're approaching your cross season. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've been using a lot of the crit races and road races to yeah, not only get results for you, but also to use as a training aid for the for the cross season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a very good point. Definitely is is for youth riders especially. Don't necessarily think that you need to um, devote yourself to one discipline. Um, yeah. I I guess on the flip side of it, it's all very well to say that, but we need to consider also. Um, for some youth road riders, um, finances might be an issue and yeah, you know, having but, multi- yeah. multiple bikes yeah. and whatnot, they need to be considerate. Um, I guess being more cyclocross specific then, let's say, um, yeah. any advice for young riders coming through the ranks that you can think of? I mean, I can think of, um, I, I think personally, cyclocross when i first started cyclocross it was an incredibly incredibly inclusive sport like yeah you could turn up to any race on essentially any bike and yeah. everyone would welcome you with open arms and they yeah. still do they still do yeah. um and one thing i will say is that i i personally think that the, the cyclocross crowd is the best crowd that yeah, there is in, I agree. In, in racing and and yeah 
the people that race it and support it are so friendly and you know I think sometimes such as road racing can be a little bit cliquey I don't know about yeah. if you agree like you know you can no I totally agree with that yeah people I think... kind of go on sorry I think yeah I never I never made the road click I was never one of them yeah that was I don't want to call them like gossipy but there's definitely more of like a attitude to the road racing scenes but I know like they're all lovely girls but there's definitely like a I don't know it's maybe called like a pecking order or something mm. definitely think they're better than others yeah I think in cross everyone turns up and you respect everybody and you respect the way that everyone rides and yeah I, I 100% agree with that cross is the most friendliest mm. atmosphere to be at races yeah everyone's well done everyone speaks to everyone there's no like oh you're in a team and we're like there's just none of that and I think that's why so many people get into cross because it is accessible and yeah yeah it's a much friendlier discipline than road I think yeah mountain biking's pretty good but I think cross is Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think for a a youth rider for cross I'd definitely say don't rush into anything don't rush to moving teams or even racing abroad, like racing abroad, it's amazing doing it. And if you're going to do it, make sure you make it a fun trip. But I'd almost advise you to watch cross abroad more than racing it as a youth, like racing it as a youth. You're not really going to get anything out of it. But going to watch them big races and seeing what actually like the riders develop into and what you have to ride in a couple of years. I think I would have found that more interesting and more exciting than going to race a few like tiny little Belgian races in some random town. Like mm. I never got to watch cross when I was younger. And now I race them races. I still don't get to watch it. I'm just there participating. And yeah, I think I definitely say just don't rush anything. Like you're only 16. And I know at the time it feels like everything's really important, but it's really not. Like mm. I took a year out when I was 20 and um or 20, 2021. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people even said to me, like, that's it. Like, you'll never come back. Or I had quite a lot of, um, not rude comments, but like things people say to me, it was just so unnecessary when you're so young. And I can imagine a few younger girls, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't, yeah, I guess just don't rush into anything. You, there's a lot of girls that weren't maybe that good at 16, 15, 16, but have definitely developed into better riders now. And yeah, just, I don't know, I guess lots of things there. <laughs> yeah, I think people, um, every athlete will develop at a certain different rate, won't they? Yeah. And, um, and if you as a, a youth rider aren't necessarily, you know, one of the top dogs, um, yeah. you know, it's, I think it's very easy sometimes to think, oh, you know, and just kind of easily throw in the towel because I think yeah. I get the, I mean, even as a, a lad, you know, going through that period, it's a stressful time. There's yeah. nothing to be stressed about realistically. Yeah. Like you look back at it and you're yeah. like, it's so insignificant sometimes, but in the moment it feels very, very stressy and, um, it's easy to get caught up and a bit down about um, certain one-off performances or um, things like that. And yeah. I think, um, you know, if you 
if you reflect on it, um, you realize just how everybody comes at different different rates. And yeah, if you look at one rider and they're doing a certain thing in their training or their racing, it isn't necessarily going to be right for you. And I think that's no, a, yeah. that's a good point. You know, what's right for what's right for one person isn't right for everybody. And yeah. um, um, you know, people I will. Sorry, well, I, was, I think especially as a female, like I remember being. 17 18 and racing girls that were like way more developed than I was and they were younger than me and I think at that age it can make quite a lot of difference like they had like muscle definition and I didn't and as a girl it can be quite like off-putting not getting them results or kind of looking at the other girls but like yeah you if you just keep going if you're enjoying it and you want to keep going like you do develop later on and yeah, I just I think there's so much pressure to perform when you're 17, 18, but it really, like, some riders come to cycling in, like, late 20s and become world-class. Like, there's no rush to become that top level. And especially now with so many young riders coming through, you kind of look at it. And sometimes I even look at it and I'm like, oh, they're five years younger than me and doing what I'm doing now. Mm. Like, everyone develops at different rates and they'll they might slow down or I don't know there's just lots of factors to do it more than a result at the age of 17. Absolutely yeah and I think from a coach's perspective as well um you know if we go if I'm at a race and I'm I'm watching individual I think it's very easy what in what angle should I come up this um it's very easy for certain athletes um girls in particular i'm sure to turn up to a race who um might be looking around at competition and thinking oh that girl looks professional that that girl's got the muscle definition that's got that girl's got the tan because she's been away on a training camp you know and that girl's got the nice bike the nice kit the team and so on um but from a coach's perspective it sounds daft but like people are looking for talent in in riders um people are looking for um how you race your race and if you are one of those riders who's you know maybe a couple of places off these girls who are have got loads of support but you're racing a really really good race you're handling your bike well you're pushing everything into into racing that that comes across as so much much uh, stronger position um, and so much um, more aspiring to to coaches to to, to see um, yeah. than than those racers who maybe have a lot of things given to them and and are the ones which are in the limelight but aren't necessarily racing uh, as as good a race. Um, yeah. And you know, in in recent years, where I have taken on a few a few. Um, girl racers who are in that kind of youth um you know kind of 16 18 year old um age bracket i think confidence is such a, a huge part to it all um yeah and i know it sounds real cliche and easy to say but um believing in your own performance and the work that you have put in um is such a an integral part of of uh, doing well in bike races and yeah I mean, I've, I've raced races myself against athletes who, 
you know, I look at them on the start line and I think bloody hell, they're, they're like, a, they're, they must be pro, you know, they, they look yeah. the part, you know, and, and actually, you know, I'm, I'm five, six places ahead of them and, and, the, yeah. and you can't kind of compare yourself to them. Okay. So how do, um, taking a bit of a tangent then Amira. So, um, how do you train for cyclocross? And I guess, this is um, something that I guess we can both answer uh, yeah. from the coach and the athlete's perspective. Um, your training plan at the minute, I mean, I must admit, I'm prescribing you with a training plan and I'm looking at the plan <laughs> and thinking, crikey, that's a big week, you know, um, for, you know, admittedly, you know, in terms of overall training stress and overall volume, you are, you've got a big week, um, yeah. you know, and obviously it comes in peaks and troughs and yeah. um, there's certainly hard weeks and easy weeks, but, um, you know, I'm looking at your kind of total volume right now, you know, you're, you're running on, I mean, I'm not going to go too much into it for, for your, <laughs> from a competition uh, yeah. perspective, but you're regularly running on anywhere between kind of, um, where are we sit like anywhere between 15 and 20 hours a week. Um, yeah. And, but obviously what we need to um, make clear here is the, as a cross rider going into a cross season, it is not about the volume. It's about the intensity. So yes, yeah. you're doing 15, 20 hours a week. However, um, 10 of those hours, you know, a lot almost 10 of those hours is very very intense training you know you're doing yeah. lots of intervals you're doing lots of um running intervals cycling intervals yeah. um a bit of strength and conditioning um and and very varied so how um i guess what i kind of wanted to touch on a little bit is um feeding into you know why we started why i started to coach you what how does your training differ this year um since being coached with me compared to like previous years would you say um it's a big difference i think before this year i did a lot of dead i'd call them dead hours like i rode my bike a lot i wasn't doing anything specific really i think riding my bike a lot made me really really fit and i think i almost liked that because i just felt I could keep and keep on riding all day but now I'm doing a lot more effort a lot more very specific sessions um a lot more running I've never done really done any strength and conditioning before this year um so yeah I mean at the moment I am doing quite a lot of hours um but yeah some weeks I mean when we first started working together some weeks I was like oh I'm barely riding my bike um, but actually, when I was doing some of the sessions, I was like, I do not want to do any more this week. Like, <laughs> but it's quite a different type of tiredness than just going out and riding and riding and riding. Mm. Um, yeah, this I've definitely done some stuff this year that I've I've looked at some of the sessions you've set, and I've literally been like, I just can't do that. Like, mm. possible. Um, yeah, I always give my give my best, and you do where I come out. But I yeah, think, I um... the, sorry. I think looking back, um, it's funny when I, when I first, when we had a discussion, we had a couple of zoom calls and then we, we started putting your plan together and I, and I asked your initial opinion on, on the plan that I'd set. Um, 
And when we, when I set my first couple of weeks training, I always potentially like to set it a little bit easier than I think you can cope with. And then we can build yeah. on top of that as we go. But yeah, I remember one of the first things you said, you know, you were basically saying, Oh, it, it, there's a rest day on Monday, but can I ride that day for two hours? And um, and then you were saying things like, oh, there's a, a two hour ride with some intervals on a Thursday. But if I wanted to, could I make that four hours? And, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, Amira, you know, just take a step back for, for a minute. Um, and it's very typical of you. And, and I was looking at some of your previous training um, and you, you're so right. You know, you were you were massively prioritizing volume. So you were yeah. regularly putting in big, you know, 20, 25 hour weeks. Yeah. But, but all of that, um, a lot of that was fairly, you know, low intensity, dead miles, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's a it's a, a common thing for a lot of, of athletes. And that's where a coach comes into it. And I know that, you know, you're doing a, a sports science um, degree, aren't you? Part time yeah. and, and so on. So uh, you, you do know um, some of the fundamentals uh, behind what you should be doing. But often as um you know, because of your friendship groups and so on, it's very easy to think, oh, on Tuesday, I'll do these intervals. But then one of your friends texts you and say, oh, I'm off out for three or four hours. Yeah. You know, and you're like, ah, I'll go with you and I'll try and fit the efforts in if I can kind of thing. Um, You never want to seem like the weak one wanting to turn around or yeah, like skipping an effort, I guess. But um, Mm. you think something you've definitely like showed me is you can do so much better training with less hours and mm. like some of the one hour turbos like doing one hour turbo in a day when I've only got you it doesn't seem like that much training mm. but that one hour like is so exhausting mm. that showed me that doing that is better than doing three hours training on the road and it makes me almost more tired than doing three hours on the road mm. yeah and yeah I think well I mean the race I've done so far with you I've definitely seen like a different race me I can just sometimes I'm like oh I can't go with that and then I kick or I don't know something and I'm like oh actually I do have that in me and yeah I think also having a coach is super so much confidence in your ability and yeah I think always before I used to doubt myself like oh I don't actually know what I'm doing is right and just kind of like almost winging it in a way like I feel fit so I'm peaking now whatever but um yeah I've really really enjoyed having like working together and seeing the progression and progressions in different different like elements of the sport which before I just never used to work on like I used to hate sprinting and this is like <laughs> never do anything sprint wise yeah and sprinted to six at Otley and yeah I never would have said I could have done that last year I'm yeah. really just rolled in in the bunch or something yeah no and you've been at the punching end of, of all of the races that you've done haven't you and you've had some yeah. some great road results and um yeah one cross right cross race into it and you you won with a massive lead so yeah. really promising going forward I think um I mean just to give you a bit of a, an in like the listeners a little bit of an insight I mean I don't I really don't want to give much of an insight to anyone who could be listening into your full training plan but if we um if <laughs> we just training data. <laughs> yeah exactly but if we just give um one day as an example I'm, i've just pulled up your training peaks now um yeah. so on on tuesday this week um you did an 8k run um in the morning um yeah. first thing and then that was a double day so 
the in the afternoon you did some cyclocross darts now you haven't given me feedback on that session yet so here's a perfect opportunity so <laughs> um so that session there that we did in the afternoon was about an hour and yeah. 45 minutes you you rode out to the local trail um or like our field kind of area and you did yeah um you did basically um eight maximal starts but these were um, split into two times four start blocks um, but the workout profile was basically a 30 second maximal effort into a five to ten second cruise which mimics that first turn um, yeah. and then straight out of that cruise you did another 30 second maximal effort now this was based on perceived effort so essentially just going as hard as you possibly can for 30 yeah. seconds cruise and then another 30 seconds a little bit of a recovery and then repeating that four times um how was that session and um have you done anything like that before um it was very very hard <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds was i'd say more of a mental battle um because the first 30 seconds you can kind of almost stand up for it all and then 10 seconds goes so quick when you're yeah i basically sat down changed gear looked at my guy and I had about two seconds to go and then the second 30 seconds I found really tough I've never done anything like that before I've done like start efforts before and I'm almost like you see it to a group session where you do a start effort do a turn and then sprint out the turn but neither of them two sprints for 30 seconds like no. 30 seconds feels like quite a long time when you're going as hard as you can it does um but like referring that to the race that at the weekend it was probably very similar like there was a massive start straight which was probably about 30 seconds mm. um and yeah and then you turned so yeah it was it was really hard my legs were really tired in the second block um but yeah it was good I mean even in a cross race sometimes at the end you are trying to sprint on tired legs so mm. that was good for the end efforts like I don't think I was going as like as fast as I would have done at the start of a race but then I just kept telling myself like if this was like the last lap and I needed to like um kind of break away from someone yeah. like the kind I of that are really going to pay off in that kind of situation a lot of those kind of sessions you it's just about visualization isn't it you've got to yeah pret pretend that you're like being <laughs> chased, chased by the pack and yeah. this stuff um but no, um, it was a really good session good um, yeah it, like it's <laughs> like you say it mimics a cross race so well and and this yeah, is what does, we're trying yeah. to, this is what we're trying to do you know all the way through your summer um you know we need to talk a little bit about periodization so your summer was a lot about um kind of getting getting a lot of volume in um yeah. prioritizing more long rides but within those long rides there was still efforts but yeah. because because the volume was higher the quality of those efforts wasn't as um as kind of required um yeah although it was still there so for example you know in in summer you might go out for four hours but you've also got um four times three minute efforts to do in there um yeah. Whereas now, because the volumes are a little bit lower, um, the intensity is much more high and it's much more yeah. cyclocross specific stuff. So we're going out on the yeah. cross bike more. I know on Saturday you've got some um, cross run-ups to do. 
yeah. where you're shouldering the bike. But so going off that Tuesday, you went straight yeah. into Wednesday where you were out for four hours, four and a half hours with the group. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I guess from a coach's perspective, you know, I'm very specific in that I want that to be a very, very, very easy ride. So, yeah. you know, it's about taming the beast as it were and, and telling you that you need to make sure you're going going very easy on that session to make yeah. sure that you can kind of keep the quality for the next day. But yeah. I guess the older Miramella might have thought, oh, the group, the group's going out on Wednesday, the press is yeah. on a bit here. I want to yeah. push the pace because I feel good. But then that yeah. might compromise the rest of the week. So um, yeah, I've I, had, guess... I have had to like hold myself back at times and be like, no, like this doing this now is not going to benefit me and it's only going to make me suffer tomorrow where I can get more benefit out of it. Mm. And, yeah. the, it's quite the... hard riding in a group because you kind of you do get carried away or someone's like oh do you want to do this bit yeah I, and I'm always like oh go on then I'll just yeah yeah but yesterday I um I was quite tired actually from the two sessions on Tuesday and I like managed to like work it out that I sat on the back while I like was going down the back and then back up for like last hour so I got a mm. nice home <laughs> <laughs> so um talking a little bit about running uh one of the questions yeah. that came through on instagram was um how much running would you do sorry i dropped something in the background um <laughs> how much running would you do in the uk versus european cyclocross season um so obviously yeah. we talked we talked a little bit about your running training typically you're running two times a week ish some of those yeah. are with a cross bike on your back some of those aren't yeah. um but yeah do you think running is an integral part of your cyclocross preparation and how does that differ between uk races and european races yeah i think running is really important um i actually follow wild run out on instagram he does quite a lot of running I think shows um that it is really important um definitely definitely run more in Europe like some of the races I did in Europe last year I was running for a minute sometimes over a minute and that's quite a long period of time um if you're not used to running and even I was used to running and even after some of them races like my calves were so tight even my back hurt from like carrying the bike on me um so yeah, I definitely say in the UK, running's more like maybe up some steep banks, maybe over hurdles or upstairs, um, but quite short periods of time where you almost can't really go that much slower than the person next to you, just like running up some stairs rather than in Belgium when you're running through a 70 meter sandpit, which I'm sure one of the races I did it was like that length, like girls were passing you running and like that just doesn't happen in the UK there was such a difference in some people's run pace to others and you could tell the people who just weren't not used to running even in the sense that like well for me running increases my heart rate and they weren't using at that kind of like intensity um so yeah I think running for a European season is much much more important than the UK based season Mm. It is important for both still. Like you just never know. I did a, a northern uh, north of England champs couple of years ago. I don't know if you did it. And it was basically a running race. You ran 90% of the course. 
I didn't do it, but I heard about this. A few of my clients did it, yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, everyone was kind of like, I mean, it was quite a big race, like North of England, and everyone was just kind of like laughing, like, yeah. Oh, are you going to try and ride? Are you just going to commit to winning the entire lap? You could have done with like, um, you know, like a little toy bike, like a little yeah. mini- a miniature toy bike that you could just stick in your pocket. Light, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a um, crazy race, but. Yeah. I wonder what the rules are with regards to size of bike. If you could just you could get like buy a little toy bike from the shop and stuff. Yeah, it in your I don't pocket. know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, some girls literally ran off the start line. It was so bad. Yeah, mad in it. I mean, I, I've been in races before where the start has been so boggy that yeah, you, you're quicker to literally have it on yeah, your shoulder run. and run off. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's certainly an, an integral part of a lot of um I mean, to be honest, you know, a lot of my clients who are purely racing in the uk like you just suggested like that that is they might do one run session a week you've kind of got to you've got to be not not crap at running but then equally you know you've you it's not something that you'd prioritize and for most individuals who are working full-time or studying full-time the damage that a running session does to your legs is not worth the benefit that you're going to get out from doing two sessions a week Um, yeah Obviously, we we, we need to we need to kind of um, be realistic in the fact that you know your training at the minute and and your other commitments means that you you know you you've not got loads on. I mean, you're studying part time, aren't you? But yeah, um, you you can put in a fairly big week and recover fairly well in between those sessions. Yeah. So that means that we can fit in two potentially three running sessions a week and not yeah. negatively impact the other sessions too much. But for yeah. a, a lot of individuals who are racing just in the UK, I would recommend as a coach, maybe, you know, one running session a week and, and one running session a week for most people is enough to get up to a certain level and maintain that, but without yeah. sacrificing the the biking sessions too much. Um, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Cause it, you do get a different type of fatigue from running than I do from like a bike session and yeah sometimes you don't want to sacrifice them with bike sessions because you want to do too much absolutely, absolutely. yeah I agree with what you said there yeah um this is the first year I've ever done run sessions I'd say yeah. I used to do quite a lot of runs but never well I used to run when I was little um but like going back to run intervals it was so hard my heart rate was so high and I almost felt like I had no control over my breathing which mm. is quite different than when I go and do bike efforts absolutely um, what would you say is the most challenging part of, of cyclocross and what's your favorite part? Um, my favorite part is the mud. <laughs> I want it to rain basically from October to February. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think that's definitely my favorite part. Like I love half lap changes. I love the excitement of that type of racing um yeah that's yeah that's what I think my perfect conditions would be um my most challenging part is probably sand I will avoid sand races as much as I can which I know is not great um but I do find it really hard it's also quite hard to train for in the UK like it's not like mud or banks or most things you can find over here like 
trying to train on the sand is really difficult like unless you go to the beach which I kind of feel like you don't want to push it too much riding on the on beaches around here mm. um, but yeah I remember when I went to Belgium last year I was really keen to go to some of the famous sand woods and forests that they've got and just practice it because because you've raced at Zonhoven before haven't you yeah I've done Zonhoven um Coxide a couple of times I actually quite like Coxide because you can actually ride it and it's quite rewarding rather than like Zonhoven like the descents are like scary I'd say mm. and you're literally running up like it's such a steep bike uh bank sorry um that your legs are just like I don't think it matters how much running you do for that situation your legs will be so fatigued by the time you get to the top mm. um, and then I did a race last year I can't remember what it was called but they were like two parallel flat sand like patches I guess like one way you went one way and then you literally did a u-turn at the end and came back and that was really tough like I felt like if I could have ridden halfway I would have saved so much energy rather than I just couldn't get my head around it so that's the most challenging part for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah. of something you don't do until you go to Europe. And by that time, you're so, like, behind all the Europeans who've been riding in sand since they were 12. Mm. It feels impossible to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think, I mean, <laughs> I've never, obviously, I've never raced in, in that kind of environment before, but some of yeah. the descents look um, so sketchy. I mean, I, yeah, they are. I'd like to but say... it has got a drop-off at the top. Yeah. It's like... You don't really see it from watching it, but one of them's got like two drop offs, and you're dropping into sand, which is obviously quite like front wheel heavy. Yeah. So it, yeah, I mean, I've done so much mountain biking in the past that I find them quite scary. Like every yeah. lap, dreading going down top of it. <laughs> yeah. It's exciting, and, I guess. And again, <laughs> and it's one of those, isn't it? Because like with any cross race, if you were to mess up on that descent, um, yeah. and then have to unclip or you know yeah, potentially yeah. crash that yeah. could be that could be a one minute mistake you know you could yeah. have lost a minute in a lap and yeah. and that's the difference between you know I mean catching a rider and not that's the difference between yeah. potentially five places or whatever it could be so yeah. it's pretty mad um so I'm pretty keen to kind of speed up this process a little bit now um getting on for an hour so um We'll try and keep the next few questions fairly quick answers. Um, yeah. I, I've personally, quick yeah, <laughs> we're not quite just yet. I've personally created four questions for you um, okay. that I thought of, and then and then we'll go into some quick fire stuff that people yeah. have asked. So, okay. um, my question: So, what drives you to get up in the morning and go training every day? Um. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, some days it is harder than others. I guess, I guess at the end of the day, it is the fact that I love riding my bike and that I love racing my bike and that, yeah, in them tough days, and especially in winter, that's kind of what gets you up. And some days when you're lacking motivation, also trying to meet up with friends is also quite a good idea to kind of get you out the door. Yeah, I guess results, I'm quite a result-based person, I'd say. But I do love riding my bike at the same time. I think if I didn't race, I'd still ride my bike. Yeah. I think that, to be honest, that's something that two two things that you've touched on is something that I've been missing recently is, is, um, is because of the nature of my lifestyle. I, and to be fair, I think living in Leeds, you've got a 
fantastic environment for riding yeah, with others. Do, yeah. Like you've got so many different chain gangs, you've got so many different groups that go out. Yeah. Um, whereas when I where I live, there's there's less of that. And and yeah. the times that they want to ride don't necessarily suit my times. And yeah. I think sometimes, you know, those days where I am meeting up with a group, like you say, it 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 so much makes it so much more enjoyable does, and you yeah. can get the hours in. Um but I don't know about you. Um, one thing that motivates me a lot is is like you say results driven so often the most motivated i ever am is if i've just done a race on a sunday um like and i've got a good result the rest of that yeah. sunday and the monday tuesday i'm like the most driven person ever because yeah. <laughs> I, like, I get a good result and that motivates me more to try and get that that feeling again um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Whereas sometimes, if I've had a bad result, I am I'm actually the, the opposite of what a lot of people are. If I get a bad result, I get a little bit down in the dumps, and then um, you know, mm. it takes me a little bit to kind of g myself back up again. So it's like um, it's like a momentum kind of thing. Once you start yeah. to get the good results, they they come even easier, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I said I was like that too. Like a bad result can really knock my confidence, and then. You always need a good result to kind of like be like, oh, I actually can do this again. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, question two, I think we've already touched on a little bit, but um, so you can answer this fairly quickly if you like to. But what challenges did you come across in getting where you are today? This, I mean, I get this is quite a long-winded question, but uh, yeah, long-winded answer. But is there any specific challenges that you came across, or any specific like uh, events that you came across which? kind of hit you in the face a little bit and made it um made it a lot harder to get you where you were today yeah I think um I think one of the major challenges of trying to do is selection for races which I always found very stressful every year um yeah and a couple of times I've been selected and then they've taken it away which is very demoralizing and <laughs> uh, so that's a massive challenge that I think I face the most cross riders face every year, I'd say, unless you like at the very, very top. Um, but yeah, other challenges are just motivation. Like I don't always feel super motivated every single day. I think a lot of people are almost are scared to admit that rather than like, I think I've learned over the years that that's okay. And that's when you really need your friends around you to kind of like get you out or like a coach to kind of, yeah boost your confidence a bit or just be like look this is a really important session like just go and start it almost um yeah and I think another challenge is maybe sacrifices you make in the rest of your life like sometimes I'm like oh is, is this all worth it like is this going to be worth it at the end but yeah I just have to remember I'm still young and I've got the rest of my life to do everything else I want to do and yeah right now I want to ride my bike and yeah yeah <laughs> There's um there's many challenges for for any athlete. Yeah, there are, and, um, and everyone's challenges are different, and yeah, and affect them in different ways. There's certain yeah. challenge which is are specifically you know a touchy um, element of someone's personality or someone's yeah, history, yeah. and then there's certain things which could be challenging for one person, and then that person just brushes them off, and they're absolutely yeah. fine. So, um, but I guess like you say, what is a very critical part to all of this is that it's knowing that 
performance in races and um, kind of uh, bettering yourselves every year is not a linear process. You know, there's no, there's peaks not, no. and troughs and yeah, there's, right, yeah. there's times which are incredibly difficult and yeah. it's allowing that to happen. And it's realizing that um, as soon as you realize that it's not linear, then then it's fine because you can allow yourself those bad days or those bad weeks to just take a step back. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's been times even when we've been working together in the past few months where I've noticed you've had, you know, if, if you've got a bit of um, tiredness after a couple of races, yeah. um, coupled with a couple of other things in your lifestyle that's going on, maybe. And then actually I've been like, OK, Amira, let, I tell you what, let's let's take this week off. Let's just ride yeah. our bike a little bit and yeah. and take a step back and then we'll go again when we're ready yeah um but i think one of the worst things people do is just keep pushing through it and like yeah, dig themselves so a I, deeper yeah. hole no, um yeah. so um okay this the the third question i was going to ask we've already answered so we'll go on to the the last one which is um what are what do you think your strengths are as both an athlete and a person um <laughs> that's a good question I think as an athlete it, I think probably one of my biggest strengths is the fact that I do like riding my bike and you know that sounds really stupid but I know like I like going out and exploring and just riding and I think unless you really have that deep down love it's going to be really tough to be told to ride your bike every day um as a person I think I'm I'm very determined boyfriend always tells me I'm very stubborn (laughs) um so yeah I think that's I'm very competitive but I think my competitiveness as I've grown up I can like direct it at things rather and I can also kind of also be happy for other people's results even if they're beating me like it's not going to take over friendships or which I guess is a, is a positive thing like yeah like at the end of the day it's just a bike race and your friendships and what you do in life is way more important than mm. the result on paper so yeah um I can completely relate to that I mean um and again from a personal level I think that over the years um I've fallen out of love with cycling as an actual sport a little bit personally. Yeah, and, yeah. And as soon as you, like you've just said, as soon as you don't enjoy the act of actually riding your bike as much, um, yeah. it becomes so much harder, so much harder. Yeah. Because because on those days where I used to go out for a bike ride to get a little bit of peace, to get a bit of enjoyment, it's less yeah, for yeah, the enjoyment yeah. and it's more yeah. like, oh, I'm going out because I have to go out kind of thing um yeah so yeah it, it's that i think that's a, a massive strength for sure um so one of the last questions i've got for you um or things to discuss before we go on to a few quick fire questions is um what are your plans this year with regards to racing what does your calendar look like um calendar is the beginning of the season i'll be doing the national trophies definitely the first two then hopefully going out to belgium to do um, a couple of races and then try and target Koppenberg hopefully Euros but that is selection based which is at the beginning of November and then coming back a couple more trophies 
um, maybe a little training camp away, and then big train uh, a big Belgian block over Christmas, trying to get quite a lot of them races in. Yeah, and then target nationals again. Nationals always a big one. Um, yeah, and then I mean after nationals, it is completely selection based. Basically, if I don't get selected, there's not that many races to do. Rather than if you do, there's loads of races. So that would be something I'll just have to wait and see really. So yeah, quite a lot of Belgian races with my team, which is really exciting. Um, World Cup's all selection-based as well for me at the moment. So that will kind of be not last-minute plans, but I'll have to just wait and see how I'm riding really to see if I can get to them. Mm. So yeah, a bit of a mix. I still like to do the trophies. They're good for points and they need points to race abroad. So. I think uh, one, thing that, one thing that I've noticed in your calendar this year is that we're doing uh you tend to be doing a lot less uh kind of just local stuff like you know the, the yorkshire yeah. rounds and things like that no i'm not doing any um, yorkshire like the knots and derby was like a one-off mm. regional it's just so i raced before the first national there's yeah. just races like trying to get them in as well would just be stupid really there's i need to prioritize racing in belgium and i can't keep doing little race like regional races instead of training really mm. and you I know made what? that big decision this year to not do any auctions which you know what i really respect that as well <laughs> because um i think i really respect that because there's a lot of i think there's a lot of races who are potentially you know um not quite at your level but at your level ish and rather than yeah. aspiring for these bigger races where they know they will uh, you know they'll have the the work cut out kind of thing they might be going for the regional stuff um thinking oh you know i just want i just want wins i just want results and, yeah. I, and i want to prove myself against the normal crowd whereas whereas actually you know you're taking that um back step to think okay well this is i want to be and this is how i need to do it so yeah. um and yeah, yeah you're going... I mean, uh, this sorry this year there'll only be a handful of races where i could podium yeah like kind of going to throw myself in the deep end in Belgium and just yeah and I think that's really mature of you to to think you know because like you say for someone who's results driven you know yeah the 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 feeling of I guess it's one of those though you know if you've raced a certain race over in Belgium and two years ago you got 35th or whatever and then you go this year and you get yeah 20th you know that's that's a win in itself isn't it and, yeah exactly yeah you have um, to look at it very differently than i do at the trophies absolutely absolutely um so right so let's just go into some quick fire questions some of these questions yeah. are uh stupid some of these questions are hopefully get a bit of a chuckle um but what i want is ideally a one word answer um, okay. And if not one word, then less than three or four words. Okay, um, what is your number one? What is your lifetime cycling goal? Um, podium at World Cup. <laughs> okay. Number two. How many bowls of cereal do you eat in a week? <laughs> oh. Well, this isn't a longer answer. I've actually can't drink milk at the moment. So it probably used to be like five or six, but now it's probably like one because I'm not a big fan of almond milk. At the moment. Oh, right. Have you tried oat milk? I don't like oat milk. Oh, I, no. I genuinely really enjoy the taste of oat milk and it goes no, well. Maybe I'll try it again. But yeah, I it probably used to be probably nearly one a day. It's like a snack. 
I think this was, I'm assuming this was asked by one of your friends. Um, uh, because they, they, I, I, uh, I'd like to, I don't know. Probably, I, I do eat a lot. It was probably Fionn. I do eat a lot of cereal. She always, uh, she always laughs at me. The, um, it was, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to see because no, because the way in which they asked, they, yeah. obviously they, they, they were kind of suggesting you know, I that love you cereal. have a lot. It was asked yeah. by someone called Harvey. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's my sister's boyfriend. Uh. <laughs> we were a bit of a cereal munching family. I think we were brought up, in, if you're hungry, eat a bowl of cereal. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I'm, I'm similar. I can't remember the last time I've had a bowl of cereal for breakfast, but I always used to have it as like um, a supper, like before bed. Yeah, supper, um, yeah. It's like... It doesn't my, fill me up for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Afternoon, like three, four, if I'm hungry, or like yeah. after what was your go-to cereal back then? Love golden nuggets. <laughs> we weren't always bought them. My mum was a bit more like a wheat a bit yeah. kind of person, but golden nuggets or cocoa pops. Crikey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next question. Um, favorite favorite cross course ever ridden? Namur. Namur. Um, number four, are you single? <laughs> Lewis, no. <laughs> number five, your favourite ride snack? The, um, I don't eat these very often, but the chocolate wrapped up pancakes. Ah, yes, I know what you mean. Uh, they're good when you need something good. Yeah, they've got but like Nutella like like yeah. stuff in them, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you miss Albion is the next question. Yeah, I do. They were like an extended family. Yeah, they were really, really good to me. Um, yeah, they also knew it was kind of time for me to move. So hmm. I need to go and see them, actually. They want to see the dog. So. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, I haven't put it on these quick fire questions, but I had two. I had two people that said something like, um, can you tell Amira to bring Duke to every single <laughs> national round so I can see him? Um, he will. He'll be at every race. So. <laughs> the family, part of the family now. Uh, this is a good question. Number seven. Any pre-race rituals slash superstitions that you always do? No, no. You disappointing. <laughs> I'm going on trips with BC and teams that you cannot always want to do everything at a certain time you have to just blend in and yeah. adapt yeah i think that's a good answer to be fair although i was yeah. hoping you'd say something a bit daft and we could all no. take the piss out of you um no i i am um, you're very right in that i think sometimes if you've got superstitions and race rituals like that you you've got to um you've got to appreciate that it can't always be the case no, and can't, you can't no. follow it. And then no. if, if you are so regimented in thinking that that's going to affect your race, then it's going to affect your race. Whereas yeah. You... So it's already like racing before you've started. Exactly. Mentally, you need to yeah, be stronger than that. Okay. Number eight, <laughs> would you rather fight a horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? Horse sized duck. Awesome. All right. Interesting. Wait, I thought if you were, if I thought a hundred duck sized horses might be easier because you could maybe just like, just kick them, like just kick them, flying them away kind of thing. 
a, yeah. a, a horse-sized duck um, would yeah. probably have some decent punching power or something. <laughs> Big Not... beak as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. What size, uh, I mean, guessing the answer to this will vary, but what size rear cassette do you use for cross races? Typically. 32, 11, um, but I'll probably change, oh, well, I'd probably change my front ring. Mm. I'm not at the moment, but. So is that typically what you do? So you, you keep the 3211 on the back and then you change the the front um, uh, to suit the course, typically? I don't know. Maybe I will change it for the biggest cassette. Do you do a lot of your... Um, do you do a lot of your actual bike m- maintenance stuff or do, does is that to somebody else? Um, I do everything I need to do at home. Um but like my team built my bike, so that makes mm. sense. If I need to change the cassette, I can change the cassette and stuff. Mm. How, are you ge- how are you gelling with the Vitus then? Are you liking it? Yeah, it's really good. I'm actually quite impressed. Um, good. It feels very, very fast. And yeah, I kind of was quite looking what it set up quite well for the first race. Apart from actually, I um, one of my levers was further down because the grass was so bumpy. I got like... Oh, uh, blister! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn mark hurt so much. Oh no! But apart from that, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, mega. Well, um, yeah. we'll leave it there, Amira. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for um coming onto the podcast. It's yeah. To be honest, like we, I mean, to give the viewers, uh, listeners, an insight, we did not rehearse this in any way whatsoever. Um, <laughs> we we were talking for about two minutes before I pressed record, yeah. and um. I think that's the best way of doing it. It's a bit more of a casual chat rather than a yeah, yeah, a bit more natural. Um, But yeah, for those who are interested, you can follow Amira on Strava. You can follow Amira on Instagram. um, And um, yeah, I'll put something on my story so that I can link to her pages. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll see you at some of the nationals and no doubt we'll see you on TV um for some of the races in belgium Um, yeah (laughs) and uh yeah good luck in in all of your your big races that you've got coming up thank you cheers amira all the best bye